Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, good morning. Here we are. Grab your coffee, sit down, relax. Wasn't that just fantastic worship? The guys recorded that at our house and um, I can tell you, it is just beautiful to have the praises of God filling your own home. We could just move them around once we get ready back into things and life gets back to normal. But at the moment, we've got a different type of normal on our hands, haven't we? What are you focused on right now? What are you focused on today? What, what's filling your days at the moment? Because there's so many things that can grab our attention in this fast-paced time and also during this season that we're in at the moment. So when, when I face times like this, I like to have a look at the teachings of Jesus. Now, teachings of Jesus, <laughs> try and say that quick, teachings of Jesus um, show us that what we focus on is actually what we hunger and thirst for. So Jesus actually spoke about hunger and thirst being the thing that drives our focus. And um, it's so simple, it's so easy. Hunger and thirst. So basic, but that's the thing about Jesus' teaching. It's so basic, but it's so foundational and profound at the same time. And his teaching on life was absolutely profound. It alters every aspect of your life. So back in its day, when Jesus talked about his stuff, his teachings, and, and how, what he talked about and how he applied it to life actually um, was totally different to the times. It literally shook the world up and it flipped the mindset of the culture on its head. So the culture back then was from the Hebrew line. It was through, the, through Abraham and it filtered down through the tribes of the nation of Israel. So they were the people that were surrounding Jesus at that time and who he was a part of. And the time was during the Roman occupation of Jerusalem and Israel. Pontius Pilate was the governor and he was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in Jerusalem. Why am I talking about this? Well, on, on the 8th, I think it is, on Wednesday this week is the start of Passover. And then next weekend is the celebration of Easter. So this is the time where we get to focus on Jesus. And I thought, what a way to just start off with that, um, of what we focus on and having a look at the life of Jesus as well. So it was during a time... Jesus was there in the Roman Empire where it was, it was a harsh time. It, they were a cruel empire. They were military-driven. Um, it was set up uh, by the, the, the elite-born. They had control of all the, the big decisions in the nation. Ego and gain were just running rampant, and greed was at the core of this empire's heart. <laughs> Sorry, I just realised I've got a cat behind me. Good morning, Pablo. Pab the Flab, Yes. So, <laughs> sorry, in my head, that's really funny. Um, so, but the thing is with the, the Roman army, they had some order to them, but slavery was part of their order. Um, it was legal, slavery, just treat a slave as much as you, as, however you wanted to. Genocide was not only used, um, but it was, it was enter, entertainment for them and for advancing and taking new territories as well. So, in basic, the, the Roman Empire records Jesus on the earth and it records that he was a bit of an upstart. He caused a little bit of a rebellion and it proceeded to carry on and bring a disruption to Judea at the time. So um, Jesus caused a massive stir with the religious movement of his day. But the thing is about this religious movement, they were the genealogical line of the priesthood of Levi. These guys go right back 
to the, the birth of the nation of Israel. And so that it was born out of Aaron, the Moses of brother, sorry, the brother of Moses. Get those ones mixed up. Last week I called the virus Covina. That is a meshing of COVID and Corona. I don't know where that came from. So the genealogical line was through the priesthood. And it came through Aaron, it came through Moses. They believed in God Almighty. They served his laws and they did it so well, they started doing it just religiously. Um, they got caught up in the busyness of the law rather than just what the law represented. And the law is God's gift to mankind. It's how we live the good life. It encompasses everything about honouring, um, number one, the author of life, and then honouring number two, people. So it tells us how to have a good life with our creator and have a good life with our community at the same time. It's all about relationship. And not only just relationship, but good relationship. Uh, how we live in a community and how we live in a relationship with God is all encompassed in the law. So the religious system at the time was established and dominant. Um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the two different groups that had separated into the, into the priesthood. Um, and they were sort of more propping up a religion um, that was focused at the wrong things. It was focused at more ritual rather than relationship. It was focused at process without actually having the presence of God. And it was focused on judgment with really out any justice at all. They didn't have the close relationship with God that they hoped for. They were doing it through a religious process, but it wasn't actually meeting the needs that they truly felt in their, in their hearts. Their predecessors had intimate and close relationship with God. Many of what they called the patriarchs walked and talked with God and, and heard from God. But these religious guys at the time, they just couldn't see that they were actually witnessing the coming of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one of God. So this was prophesied right through their written history, the Hebrew written history, dating back several thousand years. Um, this is probably one of the best mystery stories you'll ever hear. If you go looking for it, I can tell you now, you won't be disappointed. So many of the prophets from Hebrew history had recorded, written down, there was going to be a king who would be born, the anointed one sent from God. He would come and usher in the kingdom of God here on earth. Heaven here on earth. That was the plan. Heaven here on earth. But the, see, these guys expected that when this guy arrived, when this king arrived, it was going to come with great fanfare. It was, going to, it was just going to be the appearing of the Messiah. But it didn't happen the way that they thought it should happen, and they missed it. And sometimes I think that we miss opportunities with God as well when we, what life gives us isn't packaged the way we think it should be packaged. So therefore, we miss the opportunity for what God is doing in that season, in that moment of our lives. So looking back to Jesus, it was prophesied over 300 times about the Messiah coming. And um, there are 61 specific ones that you just can't look past. Some of the other ones, people say, oh, yeah, you're just making that up about Jesus because it fits. But these 61 are very specific about, um, about the all these things about Jesus. And 48 of them are so accurate about the Messiah that you just can't fake them. You can't make them up. But I just wanted to use a little bit of an um, indication here about the prophecies of Jesus and how unique they actually were. So if we took just eight 
Eight of the prophecies about Jesus. That's an easy number. 48 is a big number. 61 is a big number. 300 plus is another number. But um, So just some of the really you know, core ones that aren't easy to, to fluke. So he had to be like born in Bethlehem. He had to be preceded by a messenger like John the Baptist. He'd be raised in Nazareth. Um, he enters Ju- Jerusalem on a donkey. He's betrayed by a friend who received 30 pieces of silver for it. He was silent before his accusers. Um, and he died in the manner that the Romans used for criminals, which was crucifixion. When the person prophesied about Jesus being on a cross and having his, his, his hands and, and feet pierced, um, crucifixion wasn't even thought of back then. So the, all this about Jesus came so significantly and so accurately So the odds of this happening, that one guy in history got all eight, I know eight's only a few, but but the fullness of that eight, and they and they caught it, like the here, he lived it, he actually fulfilled all of them and ticked them off. So that the odds of that, the um are one in ten to seventeenth power. That's one with 17 zeros after it. I calculated it. It's 100 million billion. 100 million billion. One in 100 billion billion. Now, I know already some of you are like switched off because um, it's just another number. We get big numbers thrown at us all the time, don't we? Like our, a new phone has it, how many gig has it got? How, you know, your new TV, your new computer, your new whatever it is. And you, know, and, and you just say, give me the phone. I don't care how much it holds. I don't know if I'll fill it up. Just give me the phone. Sorry, I got a new phone during the week. So, but the odds are big numbers, okay? My church already know that I'm getting off track and feeling too comfortable. So if each one of those 100 million billion, that's the number, 100 million billion, were a 50-cent piece, okay? An, an ordinary Aussie 50-cent piece. So if we got 100 million billion 50 cent pieces, and we spread them out over the state of Victoria. Do you know how many, uh, how, how much it would cover? Now, anyone? Can you guess? It's actually over a metre deep, over every piece of land, over every mountain, over every billabong, over every part, river and, and lake. It's one metre thick. So if you then took a 50 cent piece and you marked it and you threw it out into that lot over... It's just snowing 50 cent pieces over Victoria. And you threw it in there, and then you've got a blind man, and you sent him out to find that one 50 cent piece in that 100 million billion 50 cent pieces covering Victoria. That's the chances of somebody getting it all together. See, these are the aspects of Jesus' nature and his prophecies and the fulfillment of it that really opened my eyes to it. A guy young boy living up in northern Victoria, and I had the message of Jesus spoken to me, and it changed my life. So I want to just talk a little bit about that. Uh, hey, guess what? I, I've got to tell you, when, when I um, thought about this 50-cent piece idea, I, I remember when I was a young kid, and I used to watch Scrooge McDuck. I used to read the comics. Does anyone remember Scrooge McDuck? And he used to have that big mint, uh, big... Um, safe that he had the money in and he'd dive around. So one night I emptied all my coins onto the bed and I dove into it to see what Scrooge McDuck felt like. Don't do it. It's really painful. Oh, it nearly killed me. Absolutely stupid thing to do. So for someone, though, to tick off 48 of these prophecies, these specific prophecies, that's actually 10 to 157 power. It's enormous. 
And what Jesus, when he died on the cross, he fulfilled an obscure prophecy about his death. Most Romans at the time thought he deserved what he got. He was an upstart and he caused dissension amongst the, the peace and the order of the day. But those who were close to Jesus, going to grab my coffee, those that were close to Jesus actually, um, like the Roman soldiers that were there when he laid down his life on the cross, when they witnessed his death, when they witnessed the sky turning dark, when they witnessed righteous people walking around after a massive earthquake, these righteous ghosts were walking around and talking about heaven's now open. The kingdom's now open to, to mankind. And how powerful is that? And the, those Roman soldiers that were next to him at the time, they said, surely this is the Son of God. The early Christians were hunted and killed for their faith, for their beliefs and their lifestyle. But they permeated the Roman nation so much so that in 313 AD, after Jesus died, the Emperor Constantine passed a law that made um, legalizing, ultimately legalizing Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. So the message of Jesus traveled on the Roman roads that they were so um, well known for. And the message has traveled throughout history. The message of Jesus, his promises, his, his lifestyle have traveled. They've gone from the mouth of a faithful follower to the ears of a hungry and thirsty listener. And then correspondingly out there, faithful, passionate mouth again. That's how I heard it. That's how I got the message as well, through this chain, this link throughout history of the message of Jesus. But getting back to hunger and thirst, what are you focused on at the moment? Whatever we hunger for, if we seek it with the essence of our true self, Jesus actually says that, um, that this is actually seeking lordship in your life. When you seek something with the full essence of your being, who you are, your passions, your desires, everything like that, then you're looking for lordship. That thing then becomes your Lord. It becomes your God when you focus on it so much. So looking at it, we're designed in three parts. We're designed. God has three parts to him, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are designed in the image of God. We have three parts as well. We've got body, we've got soul, and we have our spirit. And we're designed in such a way from a, a good, loving, redemptive, eternal father that we have desires and pursuits in excellence in each one of these areas. So um, I call it like fulfilling the calling that's on our bodies, fulfilling the calling that's on our, our souls, fulfilling the calling that's actually on our spirit, where we fit in eternity, not just in time and space, but in eternity. Because the human form has a lot of demands on it. We can um, find incredible satisfaction through any pursuit that we seek after, like bodybuilders or people that are like looking at the body side of things, you know, people that seek fitness and they've got to do it. They, they love the rush from it, you know, and that's their gain to get out there and, and go further and go further and go further. Or, or, or people that are, you know, doing parkour or doing crazy extreme sports and they're seeking the excellence in it and they're getting such a rush and joy back from it. Or, or there's people using their mind, their soul, and they're, they're finding new formulas and there's people right at the moment that their passion in life is to find a cure to this, um, this coronavirus. I was going to say Covina. Oh, again, oh my goodness. Um, the virus at the moment. And there's passionate people just seeking out new ways of doing maths and new ways of doing science. And, and it's in the human nature. And not only that, there's people that are experiencing things on a spiritual level. And we need to look at what we are hungering and thirsting for in each one of those areas. 
Because the thing is that we were designed, this is something about default, it's a default in the human nature. We will worship something. We will worship something. It's, we are created beings and we're actually designed to know our Father and, and worship Him, give worship to Him. So we will worship something. If our pursuit is for, for bodybuilding, that'll become our goal. That'll be our focus. We'll be talking about it to everybody, talking about the carbs we've knocked out and the protein that we're grabbing hold of. Or if we're a ballerina, we'll show off some of our moves. If we're playing a cello or something or drums or an instrument or showing our art through our, our gifts through painting or, or, or film or stills or something like that. You know, you see it all the time, this expression out of the human form and this, this, this desire to to govern that area and to, and to use that area. But see, God has given us areas in our life that we need to honour him with because we will, as a whole, worship something with our body, with our soul, and with our spirit. So at the moment, if you're following a pursuit and you know, you're doing it well, like that, that's a good thing, you're doing it well. But if you're now, because Jesus actually said, if you hunger and thirst for something, then I've got something for you. If you're maybe going through some pursuits in life and you're seeing success or whatever emotion, range of emotions that you're experiencing at the moment, if you're thinking, is there more? Is there more? That's really basic, is it? Is, is there more to this or is this it? Is there more to life than just than being born, living, getting and then dying? Is there more to that? And I want to tell you, yes, there is. There's a lot more to that. And it comes through the teachings of Jesus. They are eternal. So, oh, where am I up to? This is really interesting doing it by film. It's a little bit different. I've jumped ahead. So if you do hunger for an eternal perspective and connection with something beyond yourself or beyond what you're pursuing with your body, your soul, your spirit, you want to connect your spirit in. And I want to just talk about a, a few things, three scriptures that one of them I spoke about last week, and that's out of 2 Chronicles 7. And it's a real great command to the rest of us as the body of Christ. And it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from wickedness, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them their sins and I will heal their land. And it says before that, when you're in times of drought, oh, mate, haven't we had some awesome rain over the last couple of days? Thank you, God, for the rain in Mildura. But when the rains don't come, when the food disappears, what's the third one? <laughs> when the food disappears, um, when the plagues come, of course, how could I forget it? Okay, Vina, <laughs> plague, if my people will call, if my people will pray, if my people will seek my face, if my people will humble themselves, if my people, you know, then he will forgive and he will heal. This is in the nature of God. I want to show you today, if you're hungry and thirsty, I want to show you that God has a good nature where he wants to feed us. He wants to give us the drink that just doesn't pass away. He wants to show us that he's got a great nature to, to forgive and to heal. Also in Psalm 103, it, it says that um, it's a promise from the nature of God that, you know, that first one was on a national level. This is on a personal level. He forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. That's another promise in Psalms from David's heart. Also in Mark 2, it talks about that Jesus is in this house and he's teaching. And 
these guys that um, bring this lame fella who can't walk and they lower him. They pull up the, the tiles on the roof and they lower him down. And Jesus is standing right there and there's these teachers of the law. I don't know what they were doing there, but they wanted to check out if what he was speaking was the truth. And the whole room is packed so much that they have to lower him through the roof. And Jesus looks at him and the first thing he says is, Son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees immediately think in their heart, how can he forgive sins? And Jesus, without them saying word, Jesus just says and knows immediately their thoughts. And he says, which is easier, forgive sins or heal him and get up and walk? And Jesus says, just to prove that I am who I say I am, get up and walk. The guy gets up and walks out. Healing and forgiveness. That's in the nature of God. That is why Jesus came, so that we could know healing and we could know forgiveness. I can tell you now, you might, I don't know what your position is in life, um, or if you think that I'm doing so good, I don't have any sins, I don't know what you're talking about, or you're under a weight of condemnation in your life where you think no one could ever forgive what I have done. It doesn't matter. There's a promise in the Word of God that says, well, it does matter, because if you've been forgiven a lot, then you get to forgive a lot. You, be, get, you get to be this vehicle and this vessel of forgiveness here on earth. It's really simple. You just give Jesus the position in, his, in your life that he requires and that you require. I didn't need anyone to tell me that I'd done wrong in my life. I, I knew that I, as best as I could be, I needed something. And throughout my life, I've had to keep turning back around and turning back around. And that, the word repentance actually means to turn around. Realize that the direction you're going, not only is the path wrong, but the timing's wrong. Everything's out. And you turn around and you actually get back on the right path with God. And it starts with a really simple prayer. And I just want to lead you through that this morning. If that's you this morning and you just want to get back on track, get back on the bullseye in life with God, then I want to encourage you to make that step today. But maybe you just need to realign with Jesus again. And realign with the Father in heaven because these are times where we can be filled with fear. We can be filled with concern. But I can tell you now, you don't have to be. Because in Jesus, we can have peace in our hearts and peace in our minds because of what he's achieved. So wherever you are right now, I just want to pray with you. And if you can just repeat after me so that it's confession of your mouth. Because the word of God says those that believe in their heart and confess with their mouth. So this is actually fulfilling scripture so that the promises of God can be poured out in your life. If that's you this morning, just follow after me. Thank you, Father, for my life. Jesus, right now, I give you my life. Please forgive me for missing the mark. Forgive my sins. Show me how to live. Jesus, I give you my life. Father, I just thank you right now for everyone who has made a decision to put Jesus in that prominent place. Holy Spirit, just fill that room right now for those realignments, those readjustments, for that new perspective, new vision in life. Father, I thank you right now for your Holy Spirit just moving on lives, moving on households, moving on marriages. Have your way, mighty God. May your kingdom come. May your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Guys, thanks for 
spirit sharing this Sunday again with us. Um, yeah, have a great week. Love you all. Miss you heaps. See ya. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au. 